In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Paul writes in his epistle to the Romans, with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And so today we want to consider what it means to make a right confession of Christ. And the healing of the demoniac in the synagogue in Capernaum gives us a prime opportunity to consider a right confession of Christ versus a wrong confession of Christ. What is perhaps the most shocking occurrence in today's gospel reading from Mark 1 is not the fact that Jesus heals out the demon. That's fairly par for the course. Jesus does that any number of times. But what is perhaps the most shocking thing is the words that the demon speaks through the man which he was possessing. We know that the devil and his demons are liars. We are taught that the Bible says so, and so that's something we know about devils. They are liars. The devil lied to Eve in the garden when he told her that she would not die if she ate the fruit. The devil lied to Jesus when he told him that he could give him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory in exchange for worship. And so we know that the devil and his wicked angels with him are by nature liars. And that's what makes the words of this demon so shocking. Because he says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And it's shocking because those words are true. Jesus is the Holy One of God. Those words must be true. Those are the words that the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary when he told that Mary that she would conceive in her womb and bear the Christ. He said to her, the child in your womb shall be called, called holy, the son of God. And so we learn from our gospel text today that sometimes demons say true things. Sometimes the devil even quotes the Bible as he did to Jesus in the wilderness. But do not be deceived when the devil is found to be uttering things that are true. For when he utters such truths, it is part of his greater deception. Deception by which he lures us into thinking that he is trustworthy and that we should listen to him and follow him instead of Jesus. He says, look, I said this true thing, so you should listen to me. And this is why the demon in the synagogue speaks true things. He rightly identifies Jesus of Nazareth as the Holy One of God. And he also rightly says that Jesus has come to destroy him. But the truth of that statement does not make for a good confession of Jesus. It's part of the devil's deception. This demon would, by saying such true things about Christ, deter Christ from going to the cross and deter, deter others thereby from believing in him. By reminding Jesus that he has come to destroy demons like him, he reminds Jesus that he must suffer the shame and agony of the cross in order to bring such destruction to pass. 
He also speaks of Jesus' identity to the masses that they might deter Jesus from going to his death, just as Peter himself would have done immediately after confessing Jesus to be the Christ. And so we learn today that a right confession of Christ does not lie in merely the words of the confession. If saying the right words is all that is necessary, then the demon would have given a confession of Christ with his mouth, whereby he even would be saved. But we know, because the scriptures speak this way, that the demons and the devil are outside the realm of salvation. And so we know that even though he says true things about Jesus, that this demon is not saved. And so we learn from the demon a warning even for ourselves, that it is possible to say the right things about Jesus and yet not be saved. And that means for us that we can know all the right doctrinal answers, we can have the catechism memorized down to the last word, rightly articulate the distinction between law and gospel, we might be able to rightly categorize the parts of Jesus' life into humiliation and exaltation, come to church every week, say the liturgy by heart, confess the creed with boldness. You could even pass seminary classes with straight A's, write a theological dissertation toward being the doctrine of the church. It is possible to do all those things and still only make the sort of confession about Christ that the demon made. If we think that making a right confession of Christ with the mouth whereby one is saved is only a matter of formulating the right answers to the right questions, well, then we are no better off then than that demon in the text. So what separates then a true Christian confession of Christ from that of the demons? Why is it that when Christians confess that Jesus is Lord, it is a good confession, while the demons are condemned in the midst of making the same outward confession? It is because for Christians, that confession flows from faith. As St. Paul also says to the Romans, with the heart one believes and is justified. That is, true Christians have heard the word of God and they've been converted to faith in Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit. And now by faith, they take hold of the merits of Christ's death for them, whereby he defeated sin for them and won them over for eternal life. When you confess that Jesus is the Holy One of God and your Lord, it is not a mere recitation of fact, the way that you would also state that George Washington was the first president of the United States. When you say that Jesus is the Holy One of God, you are saying that you believe that Jesus is the God that you trust in, the one who is holy in himself and the one who gives you his holiness by faith as a gift. That is not at all what the demon means when he calls Jesus the Holy One of God. For the demon, it is only a recitation of fact, a fact, by the way, 
which the demon despises. But because you believe, when you confess truths about Christ, you are confessing them as one who trusts in Christ and that he uses his divinity and his attributes for your good. So when you confess that he is your Lord, it is not a mere recitation of fact, but you are confessing that he is your Lord, the one who guards and defends you from all evil. When you confess that Jesus is God, you are confessing that he is your God, the one who graciously made you, the one who gives you all that you need to support this body and life, the one who has redeemed you from death and hell. When you confess Christ, it is the faith of your justified heart which speaks through your mouth. Now the content, of course, does matter. The justified heart does not desire falsehood, but seeks more and more to know and confess the truth about the God who saved it. And so the justified heart does want to get all the theological answers right. But it wants this because it loves God, the God who called it from darkness to light, the one who has softened that heart from stone into flesh. This is what Christ did for that man in the synagogue. At the start, the man said true things about Jesus because of the demon which possessed him. In the end, Jesus freed him from that demon so that the man might continue to say those true things about Jesus, but so that he could say them as the good confession of Christ, which flows from a justified and pure heart. And so for you, Christ by his word has given you a heart that believes, a heart that is justified. And he continues to justify your heart through his words, granting and strengthening your faith. And in the faith, he bids you make a true confession about him, the sort of confession that speaks the creed with boldness and in gratitude because you know that Christ has done those things for you. And the confession by which you give a firm amen when Christ says to you that he forgives your sins, that he gives you his body and blood to eat and to drink, and when he tells you that in this forgiveness you may go in peace. And he justifies our hearts that our mouths may make a good confession of him in the presence of the world and for the good of our neighbor. Today, as we recognize Sanctity of Life Sunday, we praise God that he grants us to confess the truth of his word as it pertains to life in the womb, that he is the creator of all life, even life in the womb, that he has redeemed children in the womb even as he has redeemed the whole world, and that to destroy these lives is to destroy life made in his image. May he give us the strength to confess all these things boldly and to confess all things whatsoever Christ has taught us boldly, flowing not from coercion, flowing not from a mere recitation of things we know to be historically true, but may he grant us to confess these things from a justified heart 
believing that these things are true and that they are true for our good. With the heart, one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.